COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine has one more hurdle to clear here in the United States. As we record this, an FDA advisory panel is meeting to evaluate the vaccine and decide if it is both as effective and safe as Pfizer claims it is. If it's granted emergency use authorization, the vaccine will be cleared for distribution in the U.S. First shots would begin in the country next week. FDA Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn was on CBS this morning. We're the only regulatory body in the world that does an open public review with an advisory committee like this so that the American people, all of us, uh, can see the data, have it laid out in front of us, and have a full discussion of the safety and efficacy. And that's especially important now because studies are showing that only 60 percent of Americans are willing to take the vaccine. Public health doctors are saying at least 70 percent of the population need protection to achieve Herd immunity. All right. So the vaccine news is, of course, promising, but it does come at a rather precarious time nationwide. The U.S. had another record just yesterday, more than 3,000 deaths on Wednesday. Our state recorded more than 50 of those deaths and had about 155 more COVID patients hospitalized. So, Dave, we've still got a few difficult months ahead of us, it sounds like. Sounds that way. And hospital capacity, of course, seems to be the big unknown. The other thing we keep hearing about is staff burnout. This Mm -hmm. has been nonstop. And uh, at some point, what do you do when there are either no beds or no people to staff those beds? I, I know you've been following the IHME model closely, as have I. And it's showing now that, I mean, in the next few weeks, potentially, early January, ICU beds could hit capacity. And if we look around the the state, that's already happening in certain spots. I know uh, there are there's at least one hospital system in Tacoma or in uh, in Pierce County that is now maxed out. You look at Snohomish County, Swedish is at 98 percent capacity. Tacoma General, 86 percent capacity. You look at hospitals around King County. There's somewhere between 75 and 80 percent. And we should mention that that doesn't mean that they're all COVID patients in these ICU beds. It's about 25 percent of those ICU patients are COVID related. But that's still a concern, right? I mean, because this is already the busy time for hospital systems. Now you're adding on an additional 25 percent of people coming in because of COVID. That's the big concern. Right. I don't hear anyone talking, though, about having these auxiliary tents or having to bring yeah. in the military. I guess it, it basically means that if you have an elective surgery, you may be getting a call saying, sorry, we can't do it right now. Right, exactly. And that, that IHME model shows that the overall hospital resource use, overall number of beds, uh, aside from ICU, we still look to be in good shape there. So that's good news. Uh, there is still, though, concern about side effects with the with the vaccine. Michelle Roberts leads Washington's public health outreach for the vaccine. And she says because it it is so effective, because it does work so well, it causes a strong immune response. And there's a chance you could feel a little sick after getting that shot. It can mimic how you may feel if you were um, starting to get sick. So maybe you may have like a sore arm or maybe just feel a little bit run down. Those are all normal um, side effects from getting vaccinated. And since these vaccines appear to work so well, we're hearing um, maybe higher reports of those types of side effects. I wonder if that's going to deter people from getting the shot, Dave. Well, I mean, they warn, they give you the same warning when you get a flu shot. And usually there there might be a day of discomfort, but I've never had uh, anything that made me feel I shouldn't have gotten the shot. Of course, for people who have allergies, we found out 
because of the uh, experience in the UK with a couple of the patients that you can have an allergic reaction. So if you're already prone to allergies, that's something to to keep in mind. But the two people who were affected by that appear to be okay now. Yeah. And by the way, our state's distribution plan as we await the news from the FDA, health officials are standing by and they say they're expecting about 400,000 doses total by the end of the month. That is a combination of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. We're looking for about 80,000 initially from Pfizer. Uh, and of course, they will go to high risk healthcare workers and residents and long term care facilities. And the Department of Health says for all of those first doses, there are also, of course, second doses being held in reserve, and they'll be shipped out by the manufacturer within two to three weeks. And when it comes to which hospitals are getting the vaccine first, the state is not sharing that. Hey, Dave, did you see the the New York Times opinion piece that shows where you are in line uh, to, to get the vaccine? You can type in like your age and if you're an essential worker or if you have any sort of pre-existing conditions. Have you have you checked that out? I heard that they there was a list, there was a priority system, but I thought it went from state to state. So is there a national standard now? It's an estimate from the New York Times, but you can you can type it in and I found out that I'm like two hundred millionth in line or yeah. something like that. Well so. pretty much. Yeah. I, I think I think those of us who are able to work at home and who haven't been out really don't need it at this point, especially if it's going to be scarce. If you're in a nursing home, if you have a pre existing condition, and of course if you're a healthcare worker, then obviously you've got to go first. I heard your your commentary yesterday. I like yeah. the idea of you know letting the party animals get it first. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. I know it might be somewhat controversial, but there are people who simply can't bring themselves to mask up. Give them the vaccine so they're not uh, dangerous to others or to themselves. There you go. The state's COVID-19 restrictions will continue into 2021. We heard earlier this week from Governor Jay Inslee saying the rules will be extended through January 4th at least. So it is a three-week extension. It is possible that we would be able to recalibrate before then if we have significant improvement. He also announced an additional $50 million in grants for small businesses that are struggling. That is on top of the $135 million the state already set aside. We're doing this in response to the overwhelming need for economic assistance during this crisis. We know this will not eliminate all of the economic uh, suffering that people are experiencing. These latest restrictions, again, they shut down indoor service at restaurants and bars, gyms, fitness centers, museums, theaters, and more must all remain closed. And the good news here, though, is the pandemic unemployment benefits will continue for those who qualify. But I, I think January 4th, Dave, is probably a little optimistic at this point. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, and you, of course, you still have certain restaurants who are uh, defying the restrictions. And the governor has warned the businesses will face steep fines if they continue not to comply. For those business owners that are breaking the law, which they're doing by staying open, you should have to answer to your fellow business people that you are jeopardizing, in a sense, and being very unfair to. He specifically called out Spiffy's restaurant in Chehalis, which has been openly defying the shutdown order. The one restaurant you mentioned will be facing fines of, I think it's $9,000 a day. So they'll be facing fines already of over $60,000. But Spiffy's owner, Rod Samuelson, told Kyrie's Dory Monson he is not going to pay. They're going to try, I suppose, but uh, uh, I am not, uh, I'm not going to uh, pay it. So... We'll end up in a court, I suppose. Dave, I wonder if this ties in at all to the COVID relief bill that Congress is discussing, because, of course, the stalemate right now 
has to do with the fact that Republicans want to have liability protections for businesses that stayed open during COVID despite you know, recommendations not to, and if they had some sort of outbreak at their facilities that they would not be liable. Yeah, that's interesting to me because the reason that the restaurants are staying open is because they're saying that it doesn't make sense to shut down based on the science. There's no proof that these restaurants are, in fact, spreading the virus. Now, if that's the case, why would you need protection against mm. COVID lawsuits? Because if you're not doing anything wrong, you're not spreading the infection, they there would be no one withstanding to sue. So that's... that's um, it's kind of a red flag to me that if they're trying to get this legal protection, and, and it, apparently it's pretty deep, it's, it's, it would make it almost impossible to sue a business, even if that business was negligent. I was wondering, does it apply to restaurants too? I wasn't sure if it's just corporations or if it applies to even the small business owners out there. No, I, it, would, it would apply to anybody, as okay. I understand it. The, the idea is it sets a very high standard of proof so that if you're going to sue, let's say, a, a restaurant because you got COVID and you were a worker there, mm-hmm. You would have to actually demonstrate how you were infected. You would have to have to have some uh, presumably medical evidence. The thing, you know, mutates. There are certain strains that uh, you caught what you got from somebody who had the same strain as you. I mean, as I understand it, it sets the bar so high hmm. that it makes you wonder if maybe there, in fact, might be something for restaurants who decided to remain open uh, to worry about here. And of course, no Democrats want that liability protection within this this uh, proposed relief bill. But now Republicans who have control in the Senate, of course, they're saying that, OK, if you don't want that, then we don't give you state money in, to, to help local governments. Right. But that's at cross purposes. Right. I mean, the, the, what does the state money do? It goes to the firefighters. Right. It goes to the the uh, health care workers, the state health workers, the first responders who are trying to keep this thing in check. So that that strikes me as just being raw politics here. We're not talking about really solving the problem. We're still talking about uh, scoring points. So if you're going to protect businesses, uh, protect those who tried to do the right thing, right? They operated at whatever it was, 25% capacity, and yet someone still got infected. In, in that case, sure, a business should not be held liable. But businesses who openly defied the rules saying that, it was a hoax or that there was no science behind it, and who then uh, ended up uh, serving a super spreader who infected 25 people, I don't see why they should be protected from that if they openly defied what they were told to do. Okay, so there's about a week left until the deadline before the the Christmas recess in Congress. Who budges? Does this deal get done? (laughs) Well... Mitch McConnell said it should get done, but he was striking that bargain you're talking about. Uh, okay, we'll we'll drop our liability thing if you drop funding for uh, state employees, which the Democrats say is ridiculous because, number one, those state employees are essential workers who are trying to control the pandemic. And number two, those are jobs which are also being lost. It seems to me the, the key here is to make it unnecessary for restaurants to defy the order. You can understand if you have sunk your savings into a business like this, you can't. You don't want to see it vanish, mm-hmm. and and uh, this is an extraordinary situation. So why not uh, give these restaurants loans or do something to make them whole, so that they can hang on until it's over? We're now at least the end is in sight now, right? We have two, three, four different vaccines. At some point, we're going to get herd immunity, and then these restaurants can open again, start making money, and either pay back their loans or get back to normal. 
We'll be back with you next Thursday to discuss the latest coronavirus news. You can subscribe to this podcast, and you can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.